When you read the Gospels, there are times when you see great potential in Jesus' disciples. But have you noticed that you frequently see a lack of understanding, a lack of faith, and a lack of power? God's work in us has given us great potential too. But the disciples' example gives us fair warning against self-assurance. Welcome to The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey returns to the Gospels with a lesson called Confusion Now, Understanding Later. Well, today we pick up our chronological study of the Gospels as Jesus, Peter, James, and John make their way down the mountain following that amazing uh, glory-revealing transfiguration. And I'm sure these three disciples can't wait to tell the other disciples what they've seen But then Jesus commands them on the way down in Matthew chapter 17 to tell no one until after the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Now, the Gospel of Mark adds in chapter 9 and verse 10, so they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. Now, let me point out here that perhaps the most challenging aspect of Jesus's ministry was helping his disciples understand two things. First, that he had not come at this time to set up the kingdom. And second, why he came to earth at this time. See, they didn't grasp the idea that there would be two appearances of Israel's Messiah, the first time for a crucifixion and the second time for a coronation. A big part of the challenge was that the Old Testament wasn't explicit on this particular matter. Now, having just seen Jesus and Elijah and Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration, these three disciples are wondering about the promise, uh, perhaps, of of Malachi. Malachi wrote back in chapter 4 and verse 5 of his prophecy that Elijah would appear before the Messiah came to establish his kingdom on earth. Well, Jesus is the Messiah. They knew that. Elijah has just appeared. So, Why didn't Elijah restore the people in preparation for the kingdom? In fact, Elijah has now just disappeared back into thin air. Now, all of this would have been confusing. Jesus says to them here in verse 12, But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they, that is the Jewish leaders in the nation, did not accept him, but did to him whatever they pleased so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Matthew adds in verse 13, Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Yes, he's referring to John the Baptist, but he's also saying uh, this, As surely as they killed John the Baptist, you can be certain they're going to kill me, the Messiah, as well. Now listen, there there are several reasons this is difficult for them to grasp. John the Baptist was not Elijah, but he functioned as Elijah did to his generation. Uh, John's ministry reveals that Israel's rejection of Jesus is evidence that, yes, the Messiah had come at his first coming, but for something other than the establishment of his kingdom on earth. See, John the Baptist had made it clear that Jesus was, in fact, the Lamb of God who'd come to take away the sin of the world, John 1.29. 
to pay the penalty for sin so that people can be forgiven and, and welcomed into that coming future millennial kingdom. Well, what's our message today? Well, the message to our generation is that the Messiah came. He, he died so that all might believe in him and receive forgiveness of their sin and the promise of eternal life through him. Let me tell you, beloved, we are to be Elijah-like today. We need to live and testify and point our generation to the Lamb of God who came and who is coming back. Now with that, Jesus and his three disciples come down from the mountain, and a large crowd is waiting to meet him. Luke chapter 9 now, as we leave the Gospel of Mark's account, tells us here in chapter 9 what happened next. There's this heartbroken man here that's about to cry out to Jesus. Verse 38, and here's what he says. Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and and shatters him and will hardly leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Now, wait a minute. What do you mean, they could not? They'd just been on a mission trip sometime earlier when they'd been given power from the Lord to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And, And now the nine disciples that have been down there at the base of the mountain combined can't cast out one demon? You mean they've moved from powerful to powerless? Well, Matthew's account back in chapter 17 says that they weren't trusting the Lord. Mark's gospel account in chapter 9 implies that they didn't even pray about it. You see, the Lord is going to teach the disciples a lesson here, and and this is something that, that happens when you and I drift away from dependency on him to self-sufficiency. So the Lord asks them to bring the young man to him. Now, again, Luke chapter 9, verse 42 says, While he, that is the boy, was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. See, Jesus is demonstrating his his divine authority, his divine majesty, his deity, his, his greatness. He, he did it on the mountain up there in that brilliant light. And let me tell you, he's doing it down here as he demonstrates his power over the kingdom of darkness. Now, the majesty of God might be more obvious to us up there on the mountaintop. But let me tell you, it's just as majestic and powerful and operational down here in the chaos and darkness and confusion of our world. Luke writes here in verse 43, while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Well, i got to tell you, unfortunately, these words didn't sink in very far at all. Verse 45 says that they didn't understand Jesus' words, and they're afraid to, to, to ask for an explanation. Why would Jesus tell them something he knew they wouldn't understand? That's a good question. I believe the Lord is giving them information that they're going to remember with the Spirit's help after his crucifixion. They're going to realize that his crucifixion wasn't a mistake after all. It wasn't some kind of tragic miscalculation. It was all according 
to the divine plan. And don't overlook the fact that Jesus tells them here about his coming suffering while they're in the, in the middle of marveling at everything he was doing. You see, right now they're having thoughts of riding this miraculous moment right into the glory of the kingdom. But that isn't God's plan. So Jesus is reminding them that there's a divine script, and it happens to be very different from theirs. The same thing's often true with with you and me. Our agenda often conflicts with the agenda of God. Our, Our script that we've written is often very different from God's script. One day we'll understand that that what God had in mind for us was so much better than anything we could have hoped for. In fact, I'm reminded of a young couple who were appointed as missionaries to the continent of Africa many years ago. And the wife, however, came down uh, rather quickly with a, a serious illness. And because of her illness, they had to leave their missionary dreams and return to the United States. Well, to make a living... Uh, This young man joined his father in his dentistry practice, and he also helped his father on the side experiment with ways to pasteurize grape juice in order to keep it from fermenting, and it was for their church to use during uh, communion services. Well, their experiments over time were successful, and they began offering their unfermented grape juice to other churches in the community, and, and word just sort of spread. It wasn't long before the demand for their grape juice was so great that they closed down their dental practice to develop this new business. Well, the young man who longed to be a missionary, his name was Charles Welch. He helped found Welch's Grape Juice Company. He wasn't able to be a foreign missionary, but he never lost his heart for missions. In fact, he would go on to donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to the work of Christ on mission fields around the world. You know, sometimes, beloved, it takes a lifetime to see God's plan for us uh, come together. Maybe we don't see it now. Uh, Maybe it'll take a lifetime. Maybe never in our lifetime. But eventually, certainly one day in heaven, we will see that, that God didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a miscalculation with our lives. In fact, one day we'll see that that his majesty had been on display all along the way, even down here in the dark valley of life on earth. Well, with that, we're out of time, beloved, until our next wisdom journey and we set sail again. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called Confusion Now, Understanding Later. Have you ever thought about being more intentional in studying God's Word? Well, think about this. How would your life be impacted if you set aside one year to study God's Word in depth? What if you could experience authentic community, grow in discipleship, take a trip and do some study in Israel, and earn your master's degree in theological studies all in one year. Well, Stephen is the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. That school 
offers a special program called Shepherd's Institute, where you can experience all that I just described. This unique one-year program offers a life-changing opportunity to all believers. We've had men and women join us right out of college and before entering their career. They spend one year in God's Word, earn their master's degree, and enter the workforce better equipped to serve God in their church and community. We've also had men join us who believe they were called to be a pastor. They did this program and then transitioned into the Master of Divinity program. Retired people have done it so that they could spend the later years better equipped to serve God. Learn more about this opportunity at wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. That's wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. Do that today, then join us back here next time as we continue the wisdom journey.